So we're recording. You can start. You're an excellent at starting podcasts. I do have uh, some skills in starting podcasts, but I thought this week, James Fleming, he suggested that we do like a little jingle. You know? Okay. What do you think? Yeah, let's sing a song. What, what would our theme song be? I already know. Go for it. Chicka wow wow. Wow, what are we doing? Parked up, up podcast. What really? episode are we up to? Uh, 10. 10? This is number 10, baby. Did we miss nine? No, that was last week. Okay. Jesus, flying by, isn't it? Bow chicka wow wow. Do you like that? What does that actually mean just for our little kitties sexy. that are listening? It's sexy. I just thought, we're sexy. I don't know. It just <laughs> all fitted in my brain. Oh, what do you think? Yep. I like What it. is that from? I've again? actually, oh, well, obviously from pornographic films is what that sort of <laughs> no. music is is uh, synonymous with. And none of the pornos that I've ever watched have that sort of sound. Well, I've never watched one, so I wouldn't know. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> that is a lie. His, his nose has grown several, can't, several can't inches. Can't grow anymore. Gee whiz. All right. So that's right. We were uh, up to number 10. That means we've been doing this for 10 weeks. This is worth some sort of celebration. I'm sure you've brought some sort of cake or surprise, a congratulations for all my hard work. I brought some um, cheese balls, you but they not? must be, no. or you actually bought them. Yeah, from the local Asian grocery. No, but they must be from Aldi or something because they don't no. taste anything like the original. No, they're a little bit cardboardy, aren't they? But we've got these wasabi uh, coated uh, peanuts, which is bloody good. Mm, they're tasty. So that, that helps... Uh, you know, keep us nice and full during our podcast. Yep. Uh, Sustenance. Yes. Kick, kick us on. Definitely. So episode number 10, we've got some great guests, but we're starting to see calendars. Yeah. Grant, now you, you're we, in the know here at ARG. How far away are we, mate? I don't Surely. think we're too far away. We're certainly, I reckon, next week uh, yeah, okay. or this week, as you, as you listen to this, uh, there will, there'll be... A calendar for the Australian Racing Group, the Shannon's Motor Racing Championships, uh, that will fit nicely around what Supercars has already come so out. You already with. know, then, don't you? I've got some idea, but that's my job to to yeah. know. And your job is to race the car, so let, you don't need on. to worry about it. You'll get the calendar, and you'll just you'll just make sure you turn up. At the I right just time. need to know: does the Bathurst One Thousand clash with anything? I'm sure it does, but there's no other motor racing that okay, it clashes good. with. Oh, I'm okay then. There's we're probably some flower show or something somewhere <laughs> that's that you know what no, else? some some fa- farming convention. I mean, the it, it's exciting that we're going to have a calendar real soon. I think everybody is going to be over the moon about that. But man, there's going to be some questions asked about you know how okay we're going racing, but how does it all look? You know, what's the format? Are we allowed as many people as we like? Do we have to wear masks? Do the drivers just have to wear their helmet the whole time? You know, how do we go racing in, in this new climate? Yeah, that's it's interesting, and, and I'm sure as events and sporting fixtures and those sort of things come come about, that the, they'll kind of be learning on the fly or implementing things. You know, within a week, within an hour of, mm. of stuff going ahead. So, yeah. uh, like you saw the NASCAR race over the yeah. weekend, and the guys wearing the the drivers wearing the face masks. It's a, it's an odd look. It's it a weird is. look. And we'll look back at these in 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 five or ten years. I'm actually choking on one of those wasabi <laughs> peanut things. We'll look back on one of those. We'll look back on all these 
images and mm. and remind us of that time that we were parked up and and uh, and all that. So it'll be a good story to tell. But I think you know there will be a lot of questions asked, and you know just to try and work out. You know, what was the process behind trying to get a calendar going? You know, do we have to abide by certain rules and regulations by the oh, government? Oh, for sure, we will, we will. Are we sort of just sucking and see a little bit and we're going to have to, you know, evolve? It's it, We're in the unknown, aren't we? I yeah, mean, that, I, that, it's the same for everybody. I think what you'll see with the ARG calendar that we put out really soon is that it's there's method behind the madness. Yep. The, the calendar is actually not mad. It's uh, from from what I've seen... And if what goes ahead, then uh, I reckon it's uh, something for something for everybody. And yeah, without giving away too much, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be great by the, when it comes around. Mm. Oh, look, everyone's going to be excited about going racing. I mean, the big question mark for a lot of people is you know sponsors that are investing in the category, investing in teams and drivers and all that sort of stuff. All that landscape sort of changes a little bit. So. To go and think we're going to go and do seven rounds and bust it into four or five months is is tricky to see how we can make all that work. So I just hope that when the calendar comes out, it, it um, has, and it will have, taken in all that sort of stuff into consideration because for me personally, sponsors that were on board prior to COVID-19 are probably on the fence now and they're sort of, you know, because they're going through their own struggles within their own business, uh, and they basically said, "Hey, let, let's just revisit it when we when we come out of it." And uh, so that that you could potentially leave a hole in in my budget. And I'm sure you know everybody's facing the same sort of dilemma, whether it be TCR, S5000, supercars, Formula One. Everybody's going to be in the same boat. Yep. Uh, and yep. Look, as you say, calendar. It's not too far away. Uh, and and as soon as those calendars come, then. That starts the next raft of mm. conversations and plannings and and all that. So, uh, Good look, stuff. It's, it's just exciting that we're we're kind of ready to go. So you missed out on some esports racing on Thursday night. I did, Grant. Uh, I was a little bit crook actually. Oh, yeah. Got the COVIDs. Oh, I woke up with a man flu, you know, and uh, had a headache. And... They're just the worst, aren't they? Oh. Women just do not understand how like, bad it can be. I, I think a man flu is like birth, childbirth. Oh, mate, it's way worse. It, I think it is. And we just, you know, we we cop it because they reckon we're carrying on. And, like, they just don't know how bad it is. Mm. So they've never had the man flu. They always say, uh, Deer says to me, you will never know what childbirth is like. <laughs> it's the most excruciating pain. Uh, you've never had the man flu and you are never going to get the man That's flu, That's right. Deer. So, yeah, I felt uh, a little bit run down, so I needed to have a little bit of a rest. So I, yeah, unfortunately missed the round at Silverstone. And I actually did quite, well, I did a little bit of practice prior, so I was fully intending to do the round. So it's a little bit of a shame. But anyway, uh, Imola this week, which I think is going to be really cool. Back in the F3 car, which I, I think everybody enjoys driving. So I did tune in, though. I watched the racing. Oh, yeah, what do you think as an armchair critic? I thought the, the broadcast was really good. We didn't have any glitching, which was nice. No, even cars smashing into each other and the thing was almost perfect. So. Yeah, yeah, the, the commentary was good. Uh, the battles were pretty good. I mean, <laughs> I had a bit of a chuckle to myself. You know, the race two was going so good for Caruso and it looked like he was going to get a podium and then he was taken out by my good mate, uh, Timmy Brook. 
Uh, and we were actually on board at the time watching this all unfold. And as soon as Brooksy hit the brakes and I saw the closing speed on Caruso, I thought, oh, God, we're going to uh, make contact here. So unfortunately, turned Michael around and wrecked Tim's day as well. He got a 30-second penalty. But, yeah, besides that, there was there's plenty of crashes. I mean, mm. I, I, I didn't miss that part of it. I thought I, I probably would have been in the mix there, right in the middle uh, in both races there. It's, it's just such a tricky series of corners to start the race and the tires are cold this the cars are slippery and as soon as one car goes we saw that in race two with brett holdsworth have a spin and then it just sets off a chain reaction so uh you know i'm sure there was a lot of sob stories during the night great to see andre heimgardner join the championship and he did really really well now i know he's done quite well in the supercars mm. e-series yep but to see him come out in a car that he's not really completely on top of uh, a circuit that he's probably not really on top. Actually, that's a lie. He did the first round. They did at Silverstone, I believe. So okay. he was probably right on top of the circuit. But the car can take a little bit. But what to finish third? I thought he yeah. he did an awesome job. He has been spending quite a bit of time in his simulator. I know you visited his house the other the his, other day. His simulator is awesome. Yeah, it's amazing setup. I mean, he apparently, as you were saying, his house is like a bit of a shoebox, but the simulator takes up two thirds of it. Mm. Um, and he's had heaps of upgrades. So he's got right into, he's got right behind this online racing. He's been spending a lot of time for the supercar program, but also he's been doing other racing outside of that. So awesome to have him on board last night. Obviously he did TCR last year uh, in the Subarus for a few rounds. And then obviously with Astra, with Kelly Racing, so mm-hmm. um, he's been sort of part of the family. So good to see him there having a crack. He didn't have a, a great race in race two, though. I think he must have got caught up at the start or something. But I think half the field did, yeah. so it's a fair chance that you had uh, wings and tyres and wishbones hanging off uh, bits where they should be attached. So, hey, we've got three guests as per standard. Yep. So that actually means with 10 episodes, and my math is amazing, it means we would have spoken to 30 people and we've never repeated. We've never had a repeat guests. Actually, might uh, maybe it'll be Matt Braid, the CEO of Australian Racing Group. If we get some news about mm. the uh, calendar for the next episode, then we might get him on if, if we have some calendars to talk yeah, about. Yeah, let's grill him. Let's see how it all went down because... He's been going to work every day trying to bring all this to life and it'd be nice to just get a bit of insight into what happened and, you know, how they came to the conclusion of, okay, we can go racing now. Yep. Um, Let's see. So all those sort of questions for next week. Let's see. Hopefully. Let's see. This week, we're going to speak to Jeff Grick, currently the MD of the Winton Motor Raceway. Mm -hmm. So they've actually just come back to having official track time. Uh, I believe there were some cars doing some laps, but it was only, I believe it was only one car on the circuit just during the last 10 weeks. Anyway, we'll find out about this, but they have just reopened for their uh, famous test and tunes that they do on Fridays. I think NBC were going up today. Did they end up going up? Uh, I don't know. I, I think they put it I out to ask. all their customers. Too many virtual race cars to talk about, not, <laughs> not real race cars. I forgot they were a real thing. Okay, uh, so Jeff Gregg, we're going to speak to Dylan O'Keefe. He's yep. been doing really well in the Car Sales ARG Esport Cup. He also races for the GRM team in the Renault Megane. So we'll uh, talk to him, see yep. what he's been doing in the downtime. And we'll talk to my close and personal journo friend. His name is Andrew Van Leeuwen. He is the Australian journalist for motorsport.com. We've been friends for 100,000 years. You've known him almost mm. just as long as, as I have, ever mm. since I was 
got him to go work at Motorsport News. Um, and we've been hanging out, so we've mm. been hanging out with him anyway. He also is part of the Below the Bonnet podcast yep. with Michael Caruso and David Reynolds, and uh, they're kicking some big goals there. Yeah, so maybe we'll ask him to get some... Uh, Needs to get some advice off yeah, him. How do we get our numbers the up? cheat sheet. How do we get these... Uh, Maybe they're fake followers, I don't know. But I, I yeah. do tune in to Blow the Bonnet. I find it quite entertaining. Yeah, it is. We'll, we'll, it's quite funny, actually, because... We'll talk to him about that. Davey Reynolds is uh, a character, as we know, and he just sort of, like, diverts the conversation constantly. Between Michael and AVL, they're trying to, like, bring it back into what they're actually talking about. So, yeah, sometimes you just got to go with it with Dave. You yeah. Just, you just go with it. Interesting dynamic, though. So maybe we just need, like, a bit more of a larrikin or something on our podcast. Sure. Who could we get? Well, start get get a little bit of personality tone. Sorry, do it yourself. I'm too too vanilla. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> okay. Um, so we thought just to give the podcast a little bit more zest, a little bit more zing. Mm. I thought we'd introduce a new segment for this week, what? and we'll try and do it every week. I think you're really going to like it. How come you know about this and I don't? Uh, I guess I just. He's trying thinking, to stitch me up here big time. Oh, it's a you? little bit of a stitch up, yeah. but it kind of follows our... Just be careful our, because I might uh, do the same thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Then you can, so you can st- play this game, You mate. can start editing the podcast too. No, no, I'll leave that to you. Okay. Right. Okay. So in, in, so for now, I'm in the driver's seat. Okay. So what, uh, what we decided to do was uh, give you a little bit of a challenge. Yep. And uh, I've even got a little jingle to go Have add you? into this. You've actually been doing some work on yes. this. Nice. And and uh, this is what the jingle sounds like. Will Tony eat it? Will Tony eat it? <laughs> you and I have a, a long-standing <laughs> love for food. Long-standing. Oh, yeah. Like we always, you know, if we can eat, if we can eat it, we're, we're well. Into it. Even today, when we rang each other before the show, the whole conversation was, "Are you going to get snacks, or am I?" I definitely got the snacks. You got snacks, got, but they're pretty average. Yeah, they are. Oh, we got some salt and vinegar chips. We got some cheese balls and some some of those uh, delicious wasabi peanuts mm. and a couple of Coronas just to wash it down. It is Friday afternoon. We we yes. record this on a Friday afternoon. Okay, so uh, I'm going to show you your um, the thing you're going to eat. <laughs> so we're going to film this too. We'll put it on our um, Parked Up Podcast Facebook page so people can actually watch it. We want to see okay. your uh, reaction. Is this your lunch? This no, this is your lunch. <laughs> this is your lunch. So I'll let you unravel it. Will Tony eat it? The very well, first episode. Well, then it's going to be uh, Tony zero. Oh, grand one. Okay. Will Tony eat it? Oh fuck! Just uh, just get in there and show it. Here we go. Now this is. Oh, it stinks so bad. This is. It stinks. <laughs> This is a catfish curry with a fried shrimp, I don't, fried the, prawns. The fried prawns look okay, but the catfish like stinks. It Real does bad. Smell I know a, you can't smell it, but it, it's wafting. It smells a little cat foody. Tell you what, it? Steph's not going to want to kiss me after this. Will Tony eat it? Oh, I'll eat That's it. That's the challenge. Don't you worry. How much have I got to eat? <clears throat> not the whole lot. Basically the whole nah, lot. Nah, nah. I would say. You no, 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 go it. for it. Go, nice little taste. The, I'll the, start with the uh, the prawnies. Prawns. Yeah, okay. Did you get it from this this Asian shop? Yes. All oh, right. Kill own, just up the road. It's actually not bad. The prawns aren't bad. The catfish, I haven't tried yet. You're joking. It does look a little cat foodie. 
got a bit of a moist texture. There we go. Will Tony eat it? Not too bad. Yeah, it's okay. Is it all right for humans? It's perfect for humans. It does look like cat food. Though. Actually, it's a bit spicy too. I like it. It's actually not bad. I'll go again. I love it. Perfect. All right, so I won that one. You won that one. Next next week, we'll up the challenge. Okay. We'll, we'll uh, up the challenge, maybe a little bit more spice for next time. Okay, good. Perfect. You can, you can finish it off too. No, 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 no. I don't want to spoil my uh, cheese balls. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Jeff Greck first. Okay. Former team manager of the Holden Racing team. He worked for Tasman Motorsport as well. I don't think you guys ever actually worked together. You, you, you guys would have dealt with him when you were running your own team? Yes, we did. Uh, no, we were more, uh, we sort of missed him a little bit. But obviously, you know, we know all about him and what he's achieved in his career. And man, he was the, the man back in the HRT days. And um, he ran a really strict ship. I reckon he'd be a scary man to work for. Mm, I reckon he, yeah. But a very different role now, though, up at Winton. Yeah, a bit more relaxed. Running, running Winton, it would be a lot more relaxed. Still gets to be involved in motor racing. It's obviously his passion. Let's find out how much of a passion it is. Hit the numbers. And our first guest on episode ten of Parked Up is the general manager of Winton Motor Raceway. It's Jeff Gregg. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us on Parked Up. Thanks for having us. No, no problem at all. Now, a, uh, a weird time that we've all gone through with the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, how has it affected Winton Motor Raceway and your world? Well, obviously, uh, being, being in Victoria, um, we're still on, you know, semi-lockdown. Semi um, we, we've just started our test and tune days again. But um, working with the authorities, we've, we're obviously uh, limited on uh, numbers that we can have uh, on site and on the track. But look, um, being the first one today, um, it's it's been been quite good. It's it's great to actually hear cars going around the track again. But um, look, we're we're at obviously all the social distancing and and um, hygiene and all that. We've had to remodel a few things around the circuit but look all going well um hopefully we can get ready for when the pandemic does relax things a little bit and we can have more and more people and and hopefully events great news that you've been able to get cars out on the track but uh, what 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 kind of changes have you had to make to accommodate for the regulations well it's mainly the spacing in the garages and the amount of people per car that you can have. So obviously, for argument's sake, the driver of the car and maybe one other person to help, um, and, and that's about it, plus our garage spacing. So we, 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 have, we might have a participant in one garage and then we'll have a garage space mm-hmm. where no-go zone and then a, and then a second a second entrant, and then away we go down the. But as you know, both you know, Witten, we've got a sparse amount of property and garages that we can spread everyone out without uh, any problem of having, you know, anyone too close to each other, which has been great. Yeah, it's fantastic that you've been able to utilise the the whole entire facility there to get things cracking again. Now, before all this happened. Uh, 
we had our TCR test day earlier in the year and there'd been some changes to the circuit. So turn uh, three, four had been altered, uh, which I thought yep. were a, a great addition. Um, we always know that turn four there has been a bit of a problem. If you dropped a wheel on the entry, you'd find yourself in the fence. So it's given, given drivers probably a bit more margin. So I thought that was a great improvement. During this time, though, obviously there's been no running on circuit. Has it given you a chance to do some of those jobs that you've really wanted to tackle but just never got a chance to do? Yeah. Uh, so apart from the Turn 3, 4 rework, um, we haven't done any further, uh, I guess, curb or, or, or track stuff. We've been mainly concentrating on just cleaning up around the place. We've got some new... A couple of partners that have come on board, signage around the circuit. And we, one thing that we have worked on is a, uh, clearing out and making the, the drainage a little bit better uh, when when we when we have a heavy downpour, just to just to try and keep water off the circuit. Mm-hmm. So no, just just generally a big clean up. Um, Sounds like and, my household, mate. Yeah. This period, yeah. every job that uh, my wife has wanted to do for so long. Now is the chance to do that big tidy up. So uh, the place has probably never looked so clean. Yeah, no, it is. It's good. It's a credit to the guys. You know, we've, uh, as I said, a lot of little things. You probably, you know, if you, if you, if you, if I pointed them all out, you probably wouldn't notice. But certainly, yeah. certainly, if you drive in now, it, 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 you know, for you, you Tony, you, well, you've been coming here all the time mm. for many years. You hopefully, uh, and I know the BAC, the Banana Auto Club committee. You know they've they've noticed a big, you know it's a lot cleaner and a lot fresher and what have you. In saying that, there are there are some some long term development that we do want to do here, both to the track and and uh, and possibly a new pit lane and oh, wow. new pit buildings and what have you. Which which at this stage, you know, we we've got a plan, but we we, we won't execute that until till uh, long after things correct itself. But um, we're certainly, you know, our, our mission is to future-proof the, the facility for the region, you know, for the next for the next 50 years. I mean, next year, next year, Winton uh, passes its 60th year of being, being in business from when it was formed. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd like to think that uh, we can make it another 60 years, but certainly certainly modernise a lot of it and um, keep keep big and good events coming to the place. Yeah, we, I've definitely noticed some of the changes that you've, you have made since you've been there. Um, obviously, money uh, and funding is a big part of it. And if you did have a magic wand, um, what are some of these changes that you, you're sort of trying to implement going forward? I know you spoke about the pit lane. Is there anything significant other than that? Yes, we well, probably some of the key things we want to we want to uh, we're looking at what we call car car condos. So over in America, they've become a big thing now. A couple of and as you know, Hampton Downs, New Zealand have got it. So we want to have uh, we want to be able to have uh, probably two like a premium car condominium. So uh, and, and probably more of a a, a second tier. Uh, garage, a private garage where guys or, or, or families can leave their vehicles here and enjoy staying here on site. So the car condominium is is a is a big thing that we're looking at, um, and we've got a we've got a site marked out for, for for where that would 
sit on the property. Um, and we're looking at a couple of other things as well, So, which is pretty exciting, really. Some of it I can't sort of disclose too much at the moment because um, we're in negotiation with, with developers and how we would do that, but it'll be, it'll be really exciting. If we can get some of this stuff across the line, um, it'll, it'll be fantastic. Yeah, look, sounds fantastic. And look, as Tony had said, it's uh, great to, every time we go to Winton, you always see just those uh, little advancements, those little improvements that uh, whether, whether they're things for the competitor, things for the fan, or even the officials, you know, we're always seeing these nice little things. But obviously, new pit buildings would be the main feature in, in any change there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and look, with that, that could incorporate more changes to the circuit because we are looking at a new location for the for the pit building and 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 have like other tracks have corporate facility on top of the pit building. But we are looking at a new location, and and with that, we could see uh, a further change to the circuit um, and and good changes if we can. To where, you know, we can make it a little bit, you know, put a, put 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 a, a couple of fast corners with heavy braking in there to make it a bit more challenging for for drivers and allow a bit of passing. So, all that all that's on the table with with our development plans. It's just a matter of, I guess, at the moment we'll just see how the world comes out of this COVID nineteen um, pandemic at the moment, and then and then. You know, we'll see where where we could fit in, you know, short, medium, long term parts of that development. Yeah, great. What what's the base timeline that that you're working to for some of that? Oh, well, I mean, I would have, I, I, we or the the committee would have loved to have looked at a timeline for you know from now to you know year five if we could to have it complete. But again. I mean, no one knows. You know, it, the world at the moment is a real changing place, and with that change will come changes to motorsport. I would imagine, as you know, some of the bigger categories are are probably going through the pain of um, reorganising themselves because you know there'll be there'll be there could be hopefully not, but there could be less money for motorsport, and and um, you know there mightn't be enough to go around to all categories and what have you. So it's it's really, it's now, it's really just to see how we bounce out of this initial period and then I guess we'll work in with what we can do to the facility to, to um, along with, you know, what the categories and what they, what they expect and what they're doing. And so it's a, it's a bit of a wait and see at the minute. Now, Jeff, we've always seen lots of campers at Winton events. You sort of always get a really good turnout and really good atmosphere there from the fans that are watching and they love to spend the whole weekend camping. I tell you what, it must be quite cold in some of those events. You know, going forward, are we going to see fans in the campsite like we have in the past? Do you have a bit of a plan there? Has it been considered or is it just sort of just wait and see what happens? Oh, Tony, I guess there's two, there's two answers to that one question. A, camping is, is a big part of and always will be um, of the Winton facility. I mean, we, we love the atmosphere and, and a lot of people 
a lot of people book year in, year out. Like mm. the, they, they keep their same site. I mean, we, you know, depending on how, how motorsport aims in the future, we'd like to expand the campsite mm-hmm. and, and, and even make it, make it uh, a better, a, a better, a better um, experience, you know, tidy the, tidy the campsite up and, um, and, and make it bigger and better, put more facilities in, all that, all that stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, the camping. But again, again, it's just really, really, we've just got to wait and see. Um, we've got to wait and see how the well, how the Australia comes out of out of this uh, difficult period, and then and then we'll um, we'll try and go back to what we plan to do, but in a in a timely manner, and and I guess without, you know, you can't spend money you haven't got. Um, so we'll have to obviously relook at budgets and funding and for that. But it, look, it certainly won't be forgotten. Absolutely, we'll we'll, we'll do the best job we can. As I said, uh, the, the aim of the committee is to future-proof the place uh, for the next for the next fifty years. So that, yep. I, I, I won't be around for the whole fifty <laughs> years. But but, uh, don't but say certainly, that. Don't I. Say that. <laughs> um, well, I, I'd love to think I can, but um, look. Certainly, um, we'd like to we'd like to get busy and and try and kick that development off um, as soon as we can for sure. Now, Jeff, uh, obviously, this is a very different uh, part of your career in motorsport. Yeah. Um, for those uh, those listeners that have been literally living under a rock um, and don't know their motorsport whatsoever. Tell us a little bit about the days uh, when you were you know, heading up the biggest race team in the country, HRT. And do you miss those days? I mean, that was really successful and an exciting time to be, you know, at the top of the tree and leading the charge. Oh, look, I, I love that period of my life. I mean, uh, Tony, I've been blessed in, you know, I've done some really or had opportunities put in front of me and I and I really appreciated uh, those opportunities to, 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 you know, to work with. Um, but, you know... <laughs> I'm not getting. I'm not getting younger. I wish I was, but I'm not. And uh, look, I'll always hold on to those memories. And it was mainly around the people that I, you know, I worked with in in those times, and, and uh, they were really good. We we had we had we had a lot of success, a lot of hard work, but it was certainly a lot of fun um, through that period. Um, yeah, we were successful, uh, but you, you know, it's it's hard to always stay at the top and. Um, we, we had a we had a, a great period where it was really down to our our people. To be honest, um, we're very fortunate. Um, we had a fortunate, um, you, you know, we we're fortunate. We had John Crennan, who was um, who was our leader, and and he believed in the journey that we wanted to go on, and and supported us on that journey. So, so yeah, moving on from that, I always I always reflect on it because it. Um, go you know, quietly because I I really enjoyed that time and uh, but you move on and and uh, and now there's some other good teams you know, that, that that are also enjoying success and and look motorsport changes as you know even the category from when I from you know I left HRT and then obviously did 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 a, a stint at Tasman and then I I, I walked up. I went away from the sport for five years. I went up and worked in the mining industry, and then come back. And there was another change with the car of the future. So I've seen a lot. I've enjoyed a lot, 
it'll be interesting for argument's sake, a lot of the categories, I'm not just talking supercar, talking, you know, the ARG group, all their categories, S5000, and the T- TCR, you know, they're great. They're all great categories, but hopefully we, we're not in this uh, in this situation for too long and they can get up and running again. It'll be interesting to see if they have to change their models to suit what the new world could be. So. Yeah, well, obviously mm. everyone's expecting uh, maybe some changes, but everyone's in the same boat, you know. We're having to adapt yeah. to this new current climate. Now, I've just got one last question for you, and uh, I want you to be as cheeky as possible. Who was the best race driver that you ever worked with? You've got a good selection there. You've got yeah. you've got Mark yeah. Scaife, you've got Greg Murphy, you've got Garth Tander, there's uh, Rick Kelly, there's a... A uh, very very deep deep list. So, look, I, I, look, I. Um, it is a hard question because obviously. <laughs> come on, the first person but, to come but, into your mind. Well, the the first one is Craig. I mean, uh, there's there's no two ways about it. We, we're all we're a young team when 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 he was around, and you know, again with John Crennan's leadership, he led us. He he, he gave us a bit of rope and. Mm-hmm. and and uh, hope he, he, I think he, I think every night he, he said a little prayer to hope that uh, we didn't hang ourselves. But um, uh, we 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 definitely Craig. But I've got to say, I've got to say, and it was it was it made my hair fall out. But but certainly when the two of them together, I'm talking Craig and Mark. Mm. That was a pearl of you know they were different drivers, but they 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 really they pushed the team. To a height that 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 was both successful and and very very um, what's the word probably uh, added added a bit of stress at times. But uh, look, they, uh, they, they, they those two were great when they were together. I mean, I you, you, you've seen other combinations. Obviously, it's not only Mark and Mark and Craig, but um, yeah. Firstly, I, I've got to say, I really, and it was because it was our, 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 I guess, in my time, we had the opportunity to put a young guy in that was that wasn't really known, and and he, and it was just a purple patch, you know. He, we had, we had Brock with us, and um, and and you know, he followed Peter. He he learnt from Peter, especially on the, especially on the. Um, you know the engagement of all the fans and 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 what have you, and then we just put Peter on back in the factory team. So it was uh, he he just he just fell straight into place. And uh, as you know, he's still he's still uh, a sought after person in the motorsport arena. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Jeff. We could uh, keep asking questions on that era. Um, and uh, we've run out of time for now. But what we'll do is we'll make sure that our good friend Aaron Noonan with his V8 Sleuth podcast grabs you for one episode because I reckon you'll be able to give uh, his listeners an amazing story with some of the, uh, the great things that you, you were involved with, some of the, uh, the, the accolades, some of the hardships, um, which I guess you kind of touched on there as well, a, um, a fantastic period for, for that organisation. But um, for the time being, we love what you're doing with Winton. We can't wait to bring the ARG categories back to uh, Winton, whether it's for testing or racing or, or whatever. And we thank you so much for being part of Parked Up. 
All right, mate. Look after yourselves, and you um, hopefully, hopefully, we'll all pull out of this together. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. And we thank Jeff Greg for joining us on Parked Up. That was a really cool chat. A little bit of news in there as well, Tony. A lot about of news. The fact that the look of Winton may change in the future. I'll tell you what, on this podcast, we do get quite a few stories. Breaking the news. Breaking the news. So you're welcome, Australian Motorsport, for breaking that news. But yeah, amazing Like to see or hear the changes that they're going to make to Winton. Um, great little circuit anyway, but yeah, probably uh, there's uh, some room for improvement, especially in the pit garages, but it sounds like there might be some more changes to the circuit as well, uh, and trying to make it a better experience for the campers that we see you know, every time that we have a race meeting there, it's, it's absolutely jam-packed, so really good to catch up with him, but the thing that I really like was some of the history stuff that we spoke about. We did forget about Peter Brock and Craig Lowndes there when you <laughs> well, mentioned no, that drivers. Was, that was that was me <laughs> saying, oh, you've got such a great selection, Scavey and Garth and all these guys. Yeah, uh, totally didn't mention Peter Brock and uh, uh, Craig Lowndes. What's he ever done, who, mate? Who are those two? But that's why we'll leave all that up to Aaron Noonan. So no worries, Noonan. Handball yeah, that you're one welcome. straight to Again. you, mate. I reckon Jeff Gregg has a, a couple of I cool thought it stories. was always Jeff Gretsch. Oh, I thought it was Jeff Gregg. Oh, we'll put it up to the listeners. Jeff they can Rich. tell us, maybe. Well, again, we can just leave it up to Noonan. Yeah, I mean, he knows he all the stats. Out. He knows all the pronunciations. We, we'll just we'll just deliver the news, yep. and others can go and like deal with the do facts. the fine tuning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, cool to catch up with him. He's obviously living a bit of a different lifestyle up there at Winton and, and Benella, uh, but he's making some great changes there. So that's uh, that's good to good to hear. Another guy that sort of made a few changes this year is uh, our next guest, Dylan O'Keefe. So we all, all know that uh, he's a young racing driver that uh, was in TCR last year as well, almost won the championship actually, won quite a few rounds and was very, very competitive in the Alpha. But he's made the switch this year to the Renault. So we're, we're going to uh, try and catch up with him and see what he's been doing. He obviously did a lot of online racing, but yeah. we're not far away from going racing and uh, it'd be good to get his take on it. Well, let's go. Let's just bowl straight into it. Dylan O'Keefe, Renault Megane driver for GRM, and we're pressing the buttons. And it's great to welcome Dylan O'Keefe, TCR driver, esports extraordinaire. Dylan, thanks for joining us. That's all right. Thanks for having me. No it's about time you finally called me. I've been waiting oh, about now. Oh, hey, we saved you up for episode 10. Like we, we wanted to get to an anniversary before we got to you. Yeah, exactly. Look, you wouldn't want to get bored. We just wanted to get over 100 listeners before we thought it was worthy enough to have you on the show, mate. Yeah, exactly. I understand. It's all good. <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's let's uh, let's talk about your COVID-19 time. What have you been doing to keep busy, buddy? Uh, just been – we're still working at JRM. I mean, pretty fortunate that we are, we're tr- transitioning from supercars to TCR because – it's allowed all of us to be working, I guess, uh, three days a week. So mm-hmm. that's been keeping us occupied. I mean, the jobs haven't been outstandingly fun. I mean, a lot of organising and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's a job and an income. And then the other two days, trying to keep uh, reasonably fit and motivated, plus obviously practice for our E-Series events. So um, I've actually, at the at the start of when all this unfolded, I'd been enjoying being around home, been in the same spot for a few weeks Um consecutively and now 
uh, I've run out of things to do around home and mm. now you start getting a bit bored and it's like, let's get on with it, you know? Oh, we're definitely at that point now. I was the same. The, those first couple of weeks, I thought, Gee, this isn't too bad, having a bit of routine and not travelling all the mm. time and all that sort of stuff. But now it's like, can we uh, get racing again? Um, yeah, exactly right. And even the sim racing, like now mm. the sim racing's fun and you're looking forward to it at the start being competitive. And it's like, now I just want to be in a real car. I'm over <laughs> sim racing. I'd be glad to not see the simulator for a while. <laughs> oh, you've been ultra competitive in the sim, though. I mean, the thing for me, it takes so much time. You've got to spend, like, devote so much time to actually being competitive. Um, you've got a really nice sim uh, setup that you currently use, and you're third in the championship, so you're not doing too bad, buddy. Yeah, it's been going all right. I mean, it, that's why I think because I'm so competitive at the start, I didn't want to obviously lose, and I wanted to win the championship, and then you start realizing how much hours these young kids are putting in and all that kind of stuff and then slowly from like the time from when no like your other guys like your Hearn and Habers those guys are just they're just naturally quick on a simulator and then for you to try and keep up with them you have to try and put in those extra few hours a week and then starts to get to the point where you're like maybe just try and be consistent that's what I try and do I know I'm not probably I'm not going to be the quickest I know that but I know I can probably be in the top 10 and try and stay out of trouble. So at the start, it's been good fun. And even last night was pretty good, you know, even a bit of banter with the guys and ended up running out of fuel in the first race, which was pretty funny. So it's <laughs> I, all good. I, I find the trickiest bit is actually trying to uh, finish the race without tearing a wheel off those F3 cars. Mm. Um, yeah, the F3 cars are a bit of a struggle, but mm. uh, never mind. It's all good fun. But yeah, like I said, we, uh, the more time you put into the simulator, you bet, the better you're going to be. It's a bit different to the real-world situation. So two more rounds to go. You're third in the championship. We need you to try and win this championship for TCR Australia. Okay, you're I know, that's what I've been us. trying. Okay. Well, you can help me. and. Uh, well, I could try and take the others ta- out when you come around exactly. to lap me. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. You can help me out. All right, next okay. round. I'll happily tear the yeah, wheels off it's it. on. <laughs> all right we won't at least when you do it we we know it won't be on purpose either we can just try and cover it up and say oh well it's dropped a wheel or something it was quite funny actually <laughs> uh last round i got a five point championship penalty for running into george Mediki and i was just laughing mm. out loud because i'm like i don't care honestly give me 20 points I i've don't done two care. rounds <laughs> that's not the attitude care. Come nah, on, mate. I'm this just out there to have business. some. I, You're I representing wanna, TCR. Yeah, for sure. But I am just want to enjoy <laughs> it. And I, I absolutely no, I agree with what you're saying. Like you end up having to spend a heap of time on to try and be somewhat competitive. And there's a point mm. where you go, hang on, I can't live on this thing all the time, you know. No. Uh, it, it's quite tricky. Let's get back to GRM a little bit though. Um obviously a change this year driving the Renault. Um I mean there's two fault, two parts of this question. Uh, firstly, last year you drove the Alpha, which was an amazing package. Uh, so mm. question number one, why did you leave the Alpha? Uh, and question number two, what's it like working for Gary? Yeah, I mean, it was a bit interesting going into this season because I'd obviously given up a good competitive package and you know you would rock up to the track and be somewhat uh, good enough to be on the front row, you know, mm-hmm. so... Uh, that was awesome last year, having the confidence within the team and within the car to be able to uh, – it was just up to me to, to extract the, the speed from the car and put the laps together, you know, and it was um, extremely enjoyable. So that was cool. But then this year, yeah, uh, with Gary and Barry, I mean, they are 
wanted to put me in the Renault and I was all for that for sure because I'd been working there last year and developed the relationship with them in Super 2 and then continuing to TCR with the Renault. I mean, it was a long-term project, but obviously we need to speed it up as quickly as possible because no one wants to be running around at the back of the field. So I think for me, choosing that brand was uh, a bit more of a um, a different role, you know. You know you're not going to maybe rock up to the weekend and be uh, outright first on pace, for example, but um, just looking ahead and trying to work through the issues and try and come up with different solutions and, I guess, work and with the team uh, and the engineering team to try and develop some of the things and obviously help uh, Malenko from Vukovic uh, Motorsport over, overseas as well. So um, anyway, to cut a long story short, for me and myself, I mean, driving the Alpha last year was great, but now the Alpha Romeo is not racing in World TCR anymore. I mean, ah. Romeo Ferraris have uh, pulled the plug on running that car. So for me to try and get overseas, the only op- op- opportunity for me is to race in the Renault. And I've been talking to Malenko uh, just before you called, actually. So okay. uh, just trying to build up that relationship as best I can. And, um, yeah, if I'm going to get over there and drive a TCR car in Europe, that's probably the only brand I can. We actually spoke with Moff a couple of episodes ago, and I mentioned the same thing because, obviously, you know, the Renault don't have uh, a lot of cars around the world, and potentially mm. yourself and Moff can become development drivers or factory drivers so to speak so it could potentially open up some doors overseas do you have your eyes set on any particular races or championships yeah i think this season they were trying to do a wild card uh, in world tcr with i think they were going to u- utilize moff because he had the experience from last year mm-hmm. um which was sort of fair enough so anyway they were going to do a wild card at say i don't know macau or something like that and see if That'd they were good. competitive enough to maybe take it overseas mm-hmm. Uh, as in trying for JRM to try and lend a hand to the uh, Malenko in Europe because he doesn't have the resources that we have with the staff and the crew and maybe the funding point of view as well. So there's every chance, you know, like the amount it costs to run a supercar program to run a world TCR program from Australia, you know, there's only like seven or eight rounds. You just utilise a container and fly from round to round. So I think with Malenko's uh, connections, there might be a chance to get some Renault Sport funding as well, which would obviously... Uh, help everything so I don't know that's just like I guess like a dream opportunity if that come through but uh, where we're at at the moment is the car is not as competitive as we want it to be so we need to be back racing as soon as possible and try and fine-tune the car get through the problems the car's got and then say uh, maybe not this season we'll be in championship contention but the next and we can show what the car is capable of because we know in some races and some certain tracks it can be uh, quite competitive, like at Tail and Bend, for example, but it might just lock, lack that qualifying outright speed that, say, cars like the Alfa Romeo had. So that's one thing. I anyway, noticed, it's a uh, yeah. last year. Um, you know, Moff generally. I mean, he got a pole in sort of funny mm. circumstances with the weather. Uh, yeah, but exactly. generally he'd be he wouldn't qualify as well. But in the races, Moff and Pitha were actually quite strong, and they'd progress through the field. Um, so as a race car, they seem like they're they're quite good on their tyres and quite a good package. Probably the biggest thing mm. for me would be the reliability. And I think now with Gary getting involved, trying to sort out some of these issues, and he's obviously his team of engineers, um, mm. if you can overcome those problems, then the package is looking pretty good. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I was a bit 
uh, gutted that we didn't race at the Grand Prix because we know uh, Moff and I were inside the top 10. And it's quite interesting. I don't know why that is. But, yeah, some, for some reason, like last year, they could hold with us in the Renault. So it shows that it does have the race pace and can hold uh, its own amongst any other manufacturers. So, anyway, a bit to work through. And I guess uh, it'll be rewarding if we can uh, get it to come off. Well, great, mate. Well, we uh, really appreciate you joining us on this episode of Parked Up. Let me just ask one more question before you go. You work mm-hmm. at GRM, you know, most days in the week, and you get to hang around a lot of S5000 cars. Is something yes. one day going to lure you in, even just for a little test? Would you like to? Would you like to have a go? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'd absolutely love to drive an open wheeler after driving those F3s on the sim and. I was actually sitting in Barry's office earlier in this week when we were discussing the new calendar and things like that. But I said to him, I want to drive an S5000. How do I do it? And he said, well, next test, I'll put you in. So I think uh, that's pretty much a certain next test I can I'll hopefully take him up on his offer and bring my helmet and see how we go. Don't but, let him forget about uh, that. Yeah, I know. I've never driven an open wheeler. So to drive one of them straight out the gate would be uh, – pretty surreal so i'll um hopefully hold him to that and uh yeah hopefully get to have the chance i'd love to do it amazing well we look forward to it i have no doubt i'll be standing somewhere close having a camera pointed at it or uh <laughs> hopefully so. or whatever so uh, mate, you'll have to um, speed up the camera because i'll be uh driving around pretty slow you'll have to put on <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on Parked That's Up That's right. Dylan O'Keefe and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week out in the virtual land racing at mm-hmm. at Imola and trying to get TCR Australia right up the front and knock off Harley Haber and Jaden Ransley yeah thanks mate thanks guys good to chat to you and uh, yeah hopefully I can do my bit in the E-Series and try and get us up there cheers mate thanks mate well there you have it Grant we've broken some more news today Dylan O'Keefe, man, he uh, he's on a mission. He wants to try and get himself overseas to do some racing, and that was uh, obviously part of the decision to go to Renault uh, to try and open up some doors for for himself to try and have a career in motorsport outside of Australia. So, it'd be interesting to see whether he can make that work and see, uh, especially now with you know what's happened, whether that's going to be a this year program or next year. Yeah, uh, I guess everything's on the old pause at the moment, but the GRM guys with Renault and Vukovic Motorsport, they've got a great opportunity to do it because there's not really that many Renaults running around. They are in the position where they've got the expertise to build the cars and make them reliable and make them go fast. And yeah, as Dylan said, potentially take that package or be part of that package that goes and races on the world stage. These are things that we haven't seen in Australian motorsport since the 80s where Group A racing was was the number one touring car category. So, yeah, you know, racing locally has always been a, a massive thing, but that, that, that nice thing of being able to go overseas is, mm. is massive. And, and I'm sure you've considered it as well, I have no doubt, with, uh, with the Honda program mm. as well. Don't, don't lie to me. Don't tell me it hasn't come across <laughs> your mind. I'm not breaking any more stories today, Grant. But, yeah, generally Australian racing drivers, they always aspire to be a Viet supercar driver. And I'm sure if the opportunity was there, Dylan would go down that path as well. We saw him do the odd race in uh, DVS last year, obviously, but he did the Gold Coast race with Gary Rogers. He yep. subbed for Richie Stanaway. But opportunity is really hard here in Australia. So it's good to see him sort of, you know, opening up into the TCR world. And 
it'd be interesting to know before TCR came to Australia whether he actually had that plan in place or if, you know, last year when he drove the TCR car, enjoyed it so much, as he said, suddenly thought, hang on, this could be an avenue for my career pathway. Well, lots of opportunities, TCR races all around the world. So speaking of a worldly figure, now we go to Andrew Van Loon, motorsport.com journalist. He's also part of the Below the Bonnet podcast, a long-time friend of mine. So just before we get into this, uh, I worked at Motorsport News, started there in 2003. It was actually when Aaron Noonan walked out the door. Uh, Aaron went and did uh, Porsche Carrera Cup PR, oh, yeah. and I replaced uh, Aaron at the publication. And I was there for uh, a, a couple of years um, before we needed a new journalist to, to come into the fold. So Andrew Van Leeuwen had been um, report doing our little state-based reports from WA, and we needed someone to come in full-time. He, he could write, he understood the sport. His family had been involved for a long time. Johnny Van Leeuwen, his dad, races Formula Ford, um, has been a part of the Formula Ford Association for, for many years. Absolutely grew up in a, a race car household. So he was the, he was the perfect fit. He came over here, uh, I think it was about the Grand Prix 2006 for memory. No, might have been 2005. Regardless, we were basically attached from the hip ever you know, since, he, since he came over and um, we've, uh, we've worked together. We've been rivals um, in, in the journalistic sense when he stayed at Motorsport News and I went and started or helped start Speed Cafe. Uh, so um, we've uh, been been through it all, but the uh, the best thing is we've uh, remained really close friends, and uh, yeah, haven't seen his face for a uh, little while. So uh, it'll be nice to catch up with him now on our podcast. Sounds like you miss him a little bit. Oh yeah, I do miss him a little bit, but uh, you know, like, bit of a bromance we happening. Yeah, we do miss um, uh, many people at the racetrack. Like mm. we, you know, we just don't get that opportunity to go and but see how people are going. You do realise we're fierce rivals right now he's on the below the bonnet podcast we've got our own podcast in parked up we're head to head here mate this is cutthroat okay do you reckon we so could, you we cannot need... be too pally with him let's do uh let's start uh the the new podcast wars yep. with us versus them yeah forget about scott mclaughlin it'll have and to, well forget what, about scott mclaughlin and, and david and reynolds it has to be you and caruso no problem this two, is it. two italian Wogs going at it and TCR world. Perfect. All right. Well, let's uh, we can arrange that. We, let's start it in esports, and you can just go shunt him. I saw he was leading that, that race. Yeah, and then night. I told Timmy Brook to shunt him out of the way. So perfect. Great. Okay. <laughs> this is good. Let's um, before we kick off the podcast wars, let's talk to Andrew, who's part of Below the Bonnet. He's part of Motorsport.com, and grab him on the phone. Ring, ring, ring. And our final guest on this episode of Parked Up is my close and personal friend, Andrew Van Leeuwen from motorsport.com and Below the Bonnet and a whole bunch of other things. AVL, thanks for joining us. Boys, two of my absolute favourites, Tony D'Alberto, Grant Rowley. This is, uh, this is awesome. This I'm is a offended, dream come true. I'm offended that he said your name first, Tony, not mine. No, this is a great start. Well done. I like that. <laughs> AVL, you typically based in Melbourne. You've gone back to the family over in Perth. Just give us a, a little bit of your COVID nineteen story. Yeah, it's been a it's been a pretty interesting one. So um, we kind of made a 
pretty late decision to uh, to do a bit of a border run. And I never thought in my life I'd have to do a border run just to get back to Western Australia. But kind of, you know, we we live in a in a nice apartment, but still a rather small apartment in, in St Kilda in Melbourne. And we have a, a two-year-old and we have a dog and we actually have another baby on the way. And given the fact that I wasn't going to any race meetings and Anne wasn't going to work, it just it felt like if we were going to be stuck there for a couple of months, that was going to be a long time. And anyone with a toddler will... Well, no, Tony, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Grant, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So we made a um, we made a late call about sort of 40 odd hours before the hard border closure came in to do a bolter. We were on a Virgin flight with like I don't know 20 people on it. They didn't have any food. They like it was like we got a bottle of water here. Oh, we found some soft drinks out the back somewhere. It was just <laughs> airports were empty. It was just it was just the start of April. It was one of the weirdest things I've ever done. In my life, we had to do two weeks of, of, of isolation. Um, we stayed in a uh, in a self-contained unit on a farm that some family of ours have on a small farm. And um, since then, we've been staying at my parents' place at, at their property. And we've got 25 acres to play on and motorbikes to play with and tractors and all sorts of fun stuff for the uh, for the young bloke. And it's been a um, it's been a totally different experience, I think, to what I think it would have been if we'd stayed in Melbourne. And it's been it's one of those things when you hear, you know, like you could look around and if you didn't open a if you didn't open a website or watch the news, you wouldn't know there's anything going on. Like you're just on the farm, rolling around. So it's um yeah, it has been a it's been a crazy few weeks, but for all the stress of doing the big border run, not actually knowing we were going to be allowed in either. It was like something out of the Eastern Block, like it was crazy. <laughs> but uh, once we got in, like it was it, it's it's been a it's been a pretty uh it's been a pretty cool thing to do. Now let's face it, uh with Racing going back and journos not allowed to actually go to events. Are you ever going to come back from Perth? Are we going to see you at a racetrack or back in Melbourne soon? Well, maybe not. No, no, we've got to come back. I've still got an apartment full of stuff there, so we've got to at least come back and sort that out at some point. <laughs> um, but, yeah, look, until we need to travel, there's no there's no kind of uh, no kind of great rush. But see, once the pub's open, that might catch my attention. That might get me a little <laughs> bit more interested in, uh, in coming back. But while the pubs were closed, like, the best thing about Melbourne, as opposed to being on the farm, wasn't even wasn't even there to enjoy. So, um, so yeah, look, it's uh, it's definitely there are moments when we sit out the back and go, oh, this is actually uh, this is actually pretty good. If only Perth wasn't so bloody far away. Uh, but uh, surely the yeah, weather's better been, than Melbourne, uh, though. Oh, uh, twenty four degrees oh, today. You know, pretty nice. I think I've got two puffer jackets seen. on and my feet are frozen. So we need we, we need some rain we actually need some rain over oh, here the farms right. are the same we need some rain so if you can send some over that'd be uh okay that'd be good yeah, i'll so. get on to that <laughs> now avl you've obviously uh, border, spent borders are closed we're not sending you nothing you've spent a lot of time oh, okay. with grant over the years and oh yeah most episodes we we do interview a journo somebody that grant yep. has been close to or knows or whatever but probably no one as close as what the the bond that you guys have got but i want some dirt on grant come on we spoke about uh the bathurst trip earlier early this year mm. um can you expand on anything like that oh god i'm not not without ending up in jail i don't think that was a uh, thank you appreciate that, was, that. That, was a, that was a that was a that was definitely a fun trip but we've had We've had millions of uh, we've had millions of fun trips. There was certainly, particularly back in the magazine days, where you know websites have changed the work dynamic for journo's on race weekends significantly. You know, you're always pumping stuff out. It's, it's it, you could just keep going. You could never stop. Whereas back in the old days, we could kind of um, we could kind of throttle out of it, particularly uh, early in the weekend. You didn't sort of have to be 
we always paid for it later in the weekend, but we sort of we, we were younger and we could survive on less sleep and all that sort of stuff back then. So I remember one Adelaide, and I hope I hope Chris Landon, our former boss, doesn't listen to this, and I'm sure he probably does, but. I think he like he called up to tell us something, and we had to like make racing cars in the background, racing car noises. We'd been back at the hotel for many hours, years, early early on a Friday afternoon. I think I don't think first practice had started yet. We got ah, oh, this is too hard. Let's go back to the room and have a few beers. So, um, oh, great, great. They, they, they were they were particularly fun times because you kind of ramped up your weekend um, to get everything you need to go home and make a magazine. Um, whereas um, whereas these days the sort of websites of have ruined that fun a little bit, unfortunately. But um, but we still have a still have a hoot when we go away. You know, it's um, it's one of those kind of it's it's a bizarre job in a way because you do get to um, you do get to sort of go on. It's not holidays because because it's, it's really hard work. Race Don't weekends say that, are really hard work. Every wife in the country is going to say, "See, I, know, gonna I told I you it's like a holiday going racing." I know. <laughs> but you do get that. You at least get, and it might not be until one o'clock in the morning when you finally knock off work, but you get to go and sit in a pub somewhere mm. with, you know, people you actually genuinely enjoy spending time with. And in the case of Grant, someone I've known for many years and I, I'm, you know, we're, we're really good mates and that's a pretty cool thing to actually be your job as well. So it is, um, it is, we, we have had some, um, actually another, another great mm. story. I always remember for the motorsport news days, we never had much to do. We could kind of sometimes midweek, we could find ourselves with not a heat to do. And uh, one day we were playing cricket in the downstairs office uh, and we dislodged a couple of the foam ceiling tiles and, and Chris came storming down from, the, from upstairs and we thought he was going to blast us, tell us to get back to work. And he said, boys, if you want to play cricket, go to the park and do it. And we were like, you absolute beauty. It was about two o'clock <laughs> on a Wednesday. Um, so we were straight to Dan Murphy's and down the park playing cricket on the boss's orders all afternoon going, oh, this is the best. It's this. I think I uh, I might have won that match as well. We actually even kept score for a little while as well. We used to play for the pig. We used to play for the pig, and uh, I've still got the pig somewhere. It was a little ANZ piggy bank, this little pink piggy bank that uh, sat on my desk, or actually it sat on the desk of whoever was the holder of the pig. So think think the Ashes in cricket. Our little competition was was playing for the pig. So yeah, we got heaps of work done, didn't we? If there's one thing that Grant does, it's keep score. He keeps score of everything. And and TD, you would know. You mean you and Grant have been very, very good friends for a long time. Mm. So you'd know the bloke doesn't do anything for fun. It's got to be. It's always we try and have a we'll, we'll try and have a few beers and a, and a race on the simulator on a Saturday night. And Grant's going. We need a game where, where we can make a championship. We got to keep. <laughs> how do we keep score on this? What? How, how can we possibly? crown a winner at the end of this it's I'm, a very uh it's a very great rolly uh thing to do i'm like the white white michael jordan like i'm just super super competitive <laughs> actually this episode he's introduced a new game uh or our first game on parked up which is uh what'd you call it again oh fuck i forgot <laughs> <laughs> tony eat this or something what is it um or will tony eat it yeah will tony eat it Oh my god! <laughs> so he's absolutely stitching me up. So th- today it was like uh, catfish or something. It smelt horrendous. So this is why I need you know a bit more dirt on Grant to try and stitch him up a little bit in this conversation. Come on, man. Well, you 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 struggle because particularly getting to eat stuff because you'll eat anything. Oh, that man has an iron stomach. Yep. So there's no there's no. So I feel for you being for him putting you in that position to play that game because who knows. Who knows what? Uh, who knows what he'll come up with? Because there's some pretty. Uh, maybe he can. We, we could get him to eat the uh, 
like the the I think they were uh, what's it not cornflakes? What's the uh, what's the other one that's like cornflakes? Some sort of cereal. We found some cereal in the back of the cupboard at Motorsport News once, which had gone out of date in about 2002. I think Brannigan had put it in there, um, and this was in about 2008. Like some crunchy uh, nut, I think you might be thinking it, thinking of. Yeah, could have been. Now, or what's frosties? the one? Special K. Special, special K, K, that's it. It was a special Yo, K that's that had been... Uh, the best uh, of times. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe eating that, that would have been, uh, that would have been pretty impressive. All right. Well, um, thanks for making fun, fun of me. My um, Are we so, going already? my psychiatrist will uh, earn her dollars this week. So, um, look, mate. Just uh, you work for motorsport dot com as the Australian journalist, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, reporting on the sport, all levels from from supercars to TCR Australia S five thousand and and do a terrific job at all of that. But the one thing I guess where your uh, fame and notoriety has uh, really risen is through the podcast that you uh, help with, the Below the Bonnet podcast with Michael Caruso and Dave Reynolds. So it is a, uh, it's one of our rival podcasts, but like it is, it's the one that sits on top. Actually, won awards last year for. Um, best podcast in the in the supercars landscape so uh, that must be cool to be a part of and but more so like how do you actually control those two that's what we really want to yeah know. yeah that that's that's not all that uh that's not all that easy that's definitely my job is to sort of bring a bit of uh bring a bit of balance and sometimes i probably come across as too sensible but you've just got to try and when, when you're in a yin and yang situation sometimes you've got to Yang a bit harder than you normally would just to uh, just to keep some balance there. But now nah, look, it's 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 bloody good fun. I remember when they kind of um, when they brought the idea to me, and I thought it was a good idea. But as we got further into planning, I thought that the, the actual lack of planning was starting to worry me. It was like we're not going to do this, we're not going to have this. Again. And I was like, oh geez, I don't know. But about ten minutes into the first one we recorded, I remember just sitting there going, oh, this is good. This is actually really good. This is going to work. Um, so it's been heaps of fun. It's been something new for me to do. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not something, and I don't. I'm not being disparaging here, given the fact that you guys are literally doing a podcast. But it's not something that it's not like trying to be on TV or something where you need to be really polished and stand this way and do this thing. You can kind of just feel your way into it, and as long as it's kind of you know it's honest and it's and it's fun and it's informative, then it's going to be something that people are going to. Um, people are going to get on board with them we've seen in the last 12 months or so a lot of different forms of podcasts or you know sort of video talk shows and that sort of stuff sort of not not professional stuff or not not mainstream stuff and it's um it's 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 all been quite successful because i think there was just a real desire for um for something different because supercars media does a fantastic job of producing supercars or you know the, the bulk of the motorsport content that we see in this in this uh, country, but eventually it's all going to start to look and feel a bit the same because they use the same graphics and mm. now they've got a pool of talent, a very deep pool of talent, but it is a pool of talent that's eventually you're going to start to have the same voices saying things. And I think it was just something different. So when we started doing our things, and there was, you know, the enforcer and the dude, mm. and then there's this and that. And What's happened guys, to them? It's just stuff. Uh, that's not going on at the moment, I think. Why is that? Do you know? Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't know. I guess it's, the end of the day you need uh you need money to make the world go around and mm. if uh it's a tough time for advertising particularly that style of show mm. you know they their, their production was probably a little more you know we could keep doing what we do 
we can just keep doing what we do. We don't actually make any money out of it. Who cares? It's just the blokes sitting around. But what they were doing was sort of on a different level, I guess, in terms of their production and that. But you need to ask them exactly why that sort of well, seems to have come to a stop. Had a bit of a fallout but, uh, or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, mate. Who knows? Next but, uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do listen. I do tune in to the to the podcast, yeah. and uh, you know, Davey Reynolds, mate. Like he is off on another planet. Honestly, he takes the conversation yeah. way off track. Caruso, yeah. I think, actually does rein him in a little bit. It's funny actually because Michael will start trying to talk about something, and then Dave will sort of you know butt in and take it somewhere else. And Michael's there like, hey, hey. You know, he wants to get back to what he wants to say. <laughs> and then you're like the parent on top, just, you know, keeping them under control. It is a really good dynamic. And I think, um, you know, it's not all just motorsport. You know, you're talking about Netflix. You're talking about, you know, general things that's hap- that, that are happening in the world that does, uh, you know, everybody's sort of, um, you know, part of. So I think it, it's not, you don't just have to be a motorsport buff to tune in. So I think that's, you know, part of why it's been so successful. And it's quite funny as well. You do have those moments where you laugh out loud. So it's not uh, always Dave Reynolds. I think sometimes Caruso's laugh sort of gets me too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's quite infectious. But I just think with all that, and I think that that sort of wave of new media that we saw come out of the sport last year, it all kind of fed off. It, 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 everything helped everything. It wasn't, it's not like there was these, obviously there was the podcast wars with, with, with Reynolds and Scotty Mack, but in, in, in a general sense, I think all that stuff actually, it all complemented each other and it started to build this kind of groundswell of, of just, just slightly different uh, audio and, vis- uh, and, and uh, visual media that was just bringing a fresh sort of angle to the sport and providing people with a slightly different point of view. And it just complemented everything that went on. And I thought last year, if you were a fan of the sport last year, uh, and I'm a fan of the sport, and I was listening to all the other podcasts and everything as well, it was a great year for for, for, for digesting content because there was just some different stuff. It felt like there was kind of a, a new wave of media, and that's um, that's pretty exciting. It's well, a shame that it's all kind of come to a grinding halt this year because we're not going racing. I think the rivalry, you know, e- even though Mustang copped it last year, it was great for the sport. You know, you had the... Oh. You know, Reynolds was trying to beat McLaughlin and the Holden and Ford Mustang, you know, the whole thing just sort of, it got back to the good old days, you know, of that, that sort of rivalry. And I think that's what built the sport. That's what it was, why it was so uh, popular back in the day. And finally, we were getting some momentum on that side of things. And whether you believed Mustang was a heaps better car than the Holden or whatever, it didn't matter. People were talking about motorsport again. And I think... That's what was uh, was so good about uh, 2019. But you know, to go forward now, um, we've got some calendars coming. Obviously, the ARG one is going to be out soon. Supercars as well. Um, it's just really interesting to get people's feedback on how it's going to look going forward. Um, you know, how we're going to go racing. Um, it's all good to have a calendar, but then how do you implement it all? Will people be walking around with masks or? Journo's obviously not going to be there. It's, it's going to be a very different world. What's your take on some of that? Yeah, it is going to be different. I think the the, the good thing is, like for starters, like yeah, we've got a supercast calendar. Looks like we're going to have an ARG, so you know, TCO Australia S five thousand and all the all the rest by um, by next week um, at some point. So like for starters, I've got to say I really enjoyed the calendar announcement for supercars coming out because it just felt good to have some sort of direction mm. for the rest of the year, even though we don't know exactly what events we're going to be able to go to. Um, it's nice to be able, and it'll be even better when the ARG one's out as well, and I can actually 
piece together the rest of my year because the uncertainty just it just piles onto the rest of the uncertainty going on and it all makes it kind of for a long time it was so difficult to see the way out and now you sort of go oh hang on there's some light at the end of the tunnel we're going to be doing this and we're going to be doing that and we should be able to have media by this one and and how cool is this going to be and i really just can't wait to see some racing again i was watching nascar yesterday morning i never watched nascar mm. it's just not just my bag but i'll sit there watching it going how good is this yeah um, I know when the calendar was released up. in supercars and Sydney Motorsport Park was the first one released, straight away I thought, I'd love to go to that. I want to go catch up yeah. with everybody, you know, and see the racing live. And I'm like, idiot, no one's allowed to go to that. You know, like it's just nah. literally going to be drivers and essential crew to, you know, and TV, I guess. But uh, it's going to be a really weird vibe. I reckon to have Sydney the first round at night would have been awesome because you don't yeah. see... Yeah, you know, obviously you can't see the people as much, so you know suddenly it doesn't feel as empty, I guess. But you know maybe they're going to have some night race. I don't know. Yeah, they're sort of not, they're not making too much noise about night races at the moment. Perth and Sydney, the ones that were going to be night races, won't be. Um, I think that the, I think the issue, I guess, you, you just bring an extra cost in, aren't you, when you're doing it that way? And I think in terms of trying to keep things neat and tidy and have people in and out as quickly as possible and all that sort of stuff, just at the moment simple is always going to be the winner you know so i guess that's why they've opted to sort of start racing during the daytime um, and it's probably the right decision as you are 100 percent right in saying that it would have been awesome and it would it would negate a bit of that oh there's no crowd there motorsport is probably lucky in a way that as much as huge crowds look fantastic on tv the sort of the overall visceral experience of the sport isn't reliant on it. Like, I don't know if you've watched any, any of the, you know, the football, the Korean football league or the German football league have restarted. It's just bizarre. Yeah. It's really weird. You know, you can hear the players talking to each other and all this stuff like that you would never match. normally hear. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, that's exactly right. And it's, and it, it feels so different to what it normally, what, what the sport normally is. And motorsport will never suffer from that. Because, you know, you can watch that NASCAR race that I was watching yesterday morning. You could see there was no one in the crowd. But if you just focus on the cars, you know, they still look and sound the same. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of a um, – that, that's one little advantage for motorsport, I guess. But it, it is going to be it is going to be weird. It is going to be weird when we go back racing um, to just – it's just the interaction that you talked about wanting to catch up with your mates. What's the first thing you normally do when you haven't seen your mates for a long time? You know, you give them a high five or a hug or a handshake or whatever. Just can't do that at the moment. That's just not the thing to do. So it's, that's going to be the weirdest thing. Catch up with people that you haven't seen for ages and stand there waving at them going, hi, good to see you. Don't come any closer. And motorsport is uh, like everyone shakes hands. Everyone does uh, lots of lots of different uh, different ways of greeting one another. So, a uh, and there's a few notorious ones as well. Actually, a few people in the sport who have like ridiculously rough, grippy handshakes, like (laughs) real manly handshakes. Who who gets you? Who's the who's the rolly uh, palm crusher? Who gets you? I tell you, my my dad is the opposite. He does the softest handshakes ever, and I tell him off for it because it's just wrong. How it's like a limp hand that you sort of grab. He's trying to—I don't know—he's trying to be nice to your hand, but it just doesn't feel right. You got to have a bit of a firm handshake. I know at at DJR we do like like a slap, slap, you know, fist pump sort of uh, handshake. So I don't know whether yeah. we'll be able to do that. Maybe like an elbow—I don't know—kick. Yeah, and then like a bum or something. Yeah, a bit of 
put a bit of back into it. The new, uh, the new world, the new normal, boys. Like, hey, look, it's not like we've been missing racing, though. There's been plenty of online virtual motorsport, and I know you've been covering it really, really closely uh, via your motorsport.com channels, both the Supercars and the ARG Esport Cup uh, series, which you, I, I reckon you've done a an outstanding job on covering both of those series. What's what's your take okay. on the sim racing? Where do you think the the future is, and how much do you uh, how much do you do yourself? And I say that with a smile because I kind of know exactly how much you do, but I'll let you tell the story. <laughs> um, yeah, it, look, it's been it's been great, and it comes back. You know, there's another advantage that motorsports had throughout this whole thing is that they've been able to do something that in some way resembles the real life product, which not many other, if any other sports, really uh, have been able to do. So I think that the uh, but that just having some sort of competition to sit down and watch and cover has been therapeutic, if absolutely nothing else. And to be honest, we've seen you know our website audience uh, respond respond to, to to all the coverage that we've been doing. We've seen a lot of it. Um, you know, the TV numbers and stuff have been good on the supercar side of things. I I have no idea how you guys are going for streaming, but. There's certainly plenty of people we can see people talking about on social media and, and, and people talking about those ARG races um, as well. So um, it's been it's just been good to have something to cover. So I've uh, I've definitely really uh, really enjoyed it. As for my own sim racing, I don't know if I've done more. Actually, I probably have done more because like again, not been able to go to the pub or something. You got to do something if you want to have a couple of beers. So um, so yeah, we've had a few uh, we've had a few Saturday night Grand Prix. You and I, Grant, over yes, the last few weeks, we have. Had a few of the uh, had a few other sort of familiar media types going. We tend to sort of just race against media bases. We're all about as bad as each other. We don't need any superstars. We don't need their, uh, uh, celebrity uh, races. We need the media race. Let's try and yeah, make that up. That'd be that'd be pretty good. That'd be pretty good. I reckon. Uh, I got to say, uh, old Stefan Bartholomew from Supercars. He's a uh, he's probably the man to beat. He's a tough bloke to run down. That yeah. guy on a Saturday night, but. Yeah, he's he has the Harley the, Haber of our oh, really? of our online racing. That's yeah, sure. but he has the distinct advantage of uh, of not really being a drinker. So uh, it's actually class A and class B. Gotcha. Because he'll just he's sitting there sharp as a tack. And well, he does uh, drink make, though, but but it's, it's, it's coffee. coffee. It's coffee. It's coffee. So he's actually just getting his senses are only getting sharper <laughs> as the night goes on. <laughs> he, he probably doesn't um, go to sleep though. Uh, poor lad. Yeah, he, well, he wouldn't be able to go to sleep. Grant, Grant and I uh, sort of uh, could sometimes uh, perhaps, let's just say you wouldn't want the uh, we wouldn't want the cops pulling us up on the side of uh, Conrod's drape sometimes <laughs> in some of our late at night races. Um, but um, it's a bit like playing pool, you know, for a while. You have a couple of beers and you're like, oh, I'm feeling, I think I'm in the zone here. And then you have one more sip and you're like, nah, no way I was ever going to make that apex or any of the other ones for the rest of the night. <laughs> uh, anyway, look, it's been, uh, it's it good, good fun. fun. you got to do something keep yourself sane and you got to do something to catch up with the blokes that you're normally away at race meetings with um so that's been a cool thing yep no it has been cool it's definitely kept me sane on those uh friday nights and some saturday nights and sunday nights and tuesday nights and all the other nights that we've um coincidentally uh, just found each other uh on the uh, on the playstation together but uh, mate, we uh, we appreciate your support of the of the Australian Racing Group categories, particularly the our esports cup. Uh, while we've been in this downturn, and um, I tell you, we're uh, both really looking forward to 
to seeing your face at a racetrack sometime really soon. Andrew Van Leeuwen, thanks for joining us on Parked Up. No worries, guys. It's been a pleasure and I can't wait to see you blokes. <laughs> see you later, mate. Fran, I don't think AVL is going to come back to Melbourne. It sounds like he's acclimatised to Perth living. Yeah, the farm over there. With, with no journos being able to go to the race meetings, then he might as well... Let's face it, you guys don't do a huge amount anyway. You could just literally watch the race on your laptops and then punch out a few stories and done and dusted. Yeah. Straight I don't think the, he's coming back. Straight on the beers. Uh, look, I think, you look, we're obviously going to get to a point where we're going to need to come back, but it might be one of the last things that do come back. So. Well, you're, not, you're non-essential. <sighs> well, look, I'm not a journo, you know. So, oh, I don't know, whatever. We'll see. We'll see how, how long it comes back. But you know what? The great thing is supercars, ARG, the Shannon's Motorsport Championships have got great TV coverage. They're going to have great TV coverage. So they will be able to cover it from, from the sidelines, but we'll just have to wait and see. Well, people aren't going to miss any of the action, that's for sure. And the TV coverage has been fantastic, but for TCR or ARG especially this year, it's it's really ramped up. So it will. we haven't actually quite seen it just yet. It's going to be magic. But it's a big step up from what we had last year. So that was uh, a good little start for us in 2019 to kick things off, but we uh, have made you know, big progress for, for 2020, and I can't wait to actually see that myself. Not that I'll actually see it while I'm driving You're around, but I can, uh, you know, if I win the first round, then I'll definitely watch the replay. <laughs> now, speaking of winners, we have some competition winners. Now, we had an outstanding uh, interest in this week's uh, prize. Yeah, How many record, people? How many? Record. 25 people? 25 people have uh, joined, uh, joined in on the conversation on our Parked Up podcast Facebook page. Now, just quickly, though, some of our listeners or people on Facebook, they decide to share our post. Now, sharing ain't going to get you the prize, okay? No, no, but sharing's good, though. Maybe we'll make it compulsory. Wow. They've actually put us onto something. I just found it was quite funny that people are sharing our podcast. But, no, thank you for doing that because it does spread the, spread the word and uh, we're very happy that people are enjoying listening to our dulcet tones each week. We're having a little bit of fun with it ourselves. But... This week's prize that everyone's raving about is the ARG shirt with all the sponsors' logos on it. Uh, it's actually a really nice shirt. It's so is this your personal shirt, Grant? It is not. No one wants my personal shirt. No, no, especially because you play a lot of sport these days. No, it's a Puma shirt. Uh, it's got S5000, TCR Australia. Did you put a photo up? Yeah, I put heaps of okay. photos up. Thanks for really up. looking. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's got uh, it's got all of the categories and the events that we manage. The uh, Australian Racing Group was kind enough to donate that. Like, I did actually. I think you just pinched it. I didn't even ask. <laughs> but um, it is the absolute genuine product. So we are going to give this shirt away to Rod Huffer. Now he wrote here, no argument, A R G U M E N T. Very, very clever. Nice. I need this shirt to look good because my blue singlet does not cut it at the races. You know what? I lost interest after the with the blue singlet stuff. I just think the argument yes. was uh, was the best bit. So, congratulations, Rod. We'll get in touch with you and we'll um, send a carrier pigeon and uh, get that one to you. <laughs> You'll get it in about five weeks with Australia Post. There you have it, Grant. 
Well, we need a prize for next week. We need a prize for next Hang week. Hang on, though. That's that's episode number 10. That is. So that's pretty cool, I reckon. Episode number 11 coming next week. We need some special guests. We need to ramp this up, mate. A big special guest. Big special guest well, for I episode reckon, number 11. Look, if if all the uh, vicious rumours are true, yeah. then we might have a calendar. So we might jump, get uh, someone from UGG on the uh, on the phone and okay. um, and see what they can tell us and give us a little bit of an insight. Look, we need, an, we need another uh, prizer. We have to have another prize. And I reckon there was so much interest in that shirt. Let's give away another one. Let's have another... ARG shirt. No? No, I don't reckon. Okay. I don't reckon. What I'm going to do... What are you going to do? I'm going to speak to my friends at Honda. Yeah. Now, Honda, they... Sell cars? They sell a lot of cars. Japanese but they're company? also a sponsor of Formula One. Mm-hmm. So, they're, they're you know, Red Bull, Formula One. I'm going to speak to my mate, Justin. Yep. And see whether we can get like a Red Bull jacket or something like that. Okay. All right. Socks? Yeah, just something. You've, you've gone to the height of merchandise with the jacket. Yeah. Right, well, we'll yeah, okay. All right. Maybe we'll tone Let's it back see. a little bit. But So there will be, there'll be a Honda giveaway next week. All right? And what we'll do, once I actually speak to Justin first, we'll put the prize up on our Facebook page yep. and let you know. You have to talk to them on Monday. January, I will. Uh, we'll speak to him. And you'll know what the prize is and it will be amazing, but it will be Honda-based. Excellent. Tony's going to give away his, My hat. his sponsored his, his, the car that Honda loaned him, no doubt. No, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> All right, perfect, excellent. Um, thank you so much for Honda to uh, for, for providing next week's prize. <laughs> All right, that's it. Episode ten is in the can. You ate some uh, canned catfish. <laughs> that was awesome. It smells rank. Let's get out of this office, and we'll see you next week. Right, mate. See ya.